0: SECTION 4 OF ACCORDING TO PROMISE This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon ACCORDING TO PROMISE BY CHARLES Spurgeon. SECTION 4 DIFFERING HOPES And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Genesis Chapter twenty seven verses twenty and twenty one it is not at all wonderful that two persons so different in their birth and nature as Ishmael and Isaac were become very different in their hopes to Isaac the covenant promise became the pole-star of his being but for Ishmael no such light had arisen. Ishmael aimed at large things, for he was the natural son of one of the greatest of men. But Isaac looked for still higher objects, because he was the child of the promise, and the inheritor of the covenant of grace, which the Lord had made with Abraham. Ishmael, with his high and daring spirit, looked to found a nation which should never be subdued, a race untamable as the wild ass of the desert, and his desire has been abundantly granted. The Bedouin Arabs are to this day true copies of their great ancestor. Ishmael, in life and death, realized the narrow, earthly hopes for which he looked, but on the roll of those who saw the day of Christ, and died in hope of the glory, his name is not entered. Isaac, on the other hand, saw far ahead, even to the day of Christ. He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Ishmael, like passion in pilgrim's progress, had his best things here below. But Isaac, like patience, waited for his best things for the future. His treasures were not in the tent and in the field, but in the things not seen as yet. He has received the great covenant promise, and there he found greater riches than all the flocks of neboeth could minister to him upon his eye the day-star of promise had shone and he expected a full noon of blessing in the fulness of the appointed time the promise so operated upon him as to direct the current of his thoughts and expectations Is it so with you, my reader? Have you received and embraced the promise of eternal life? Are you, therefore, hoping for things not seen as yet? Have you an eye to that which none can behold except believers in the faithfulness of God? Have you left the rut of present sensual perception for the way of faith? in the unseen and eternal? No doubt the reception of the promise and the enjoyment of its hopes influenced the mind and temper of Isaac, so that he was of a restful spirit. For him there were no wars and fightings. He yielded the present and waited for the future. Isaac felt that as he was born after the promise, it was of God to bless him, and to fulfill the promise that he had made concerning him. And so he remained with Abraham, and kept himself aloof from the outside world. He both quietly hoped, and patiently waited for the blessing of God. His eye was on the future, on the great nation yet to come, the promised land, and the yet more glorious promised seed to whom all nations of the earth would be blessed for all this he looked to god alone wisely judging that he who gave the promise would himself see to its fulfillment because of this faith he was none the less active yet he manifested none of the proud self-reliance which was so apparent in ishmael he was energetic in his own way with a calm confidence in god and a quiet submission to his supreme will year after year he held on in the separated life and braved unarmed the danger which arose from his heathen neighbors dangers which ishmael confronted with his sword and his bow. His trust was in the voice which said, Touch not, mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. He was a man of peace, and yet he lived, and securely as his warlike brother, his faith in the promise gave him hope of security, yea, gave him security itself though the canaanite was still in the land thus does the promise operate upon our present life by creating in us an elevation of spirit a life above visible surroundings a calm and heavenly frame of mind isaac finds his bow and his spear in his god jehovah is his shield and his exceeding great reward without a foot of land to call his own, dwelling as a sojourner and a stranger in the land which God had given him by promise. Isaac was content to live upon the promise and count himself rich in the joys to come. His remarkably quiet and equable spirit, while leading the strange unearthly life of one, of the great pilgrim fathers sprang out of his simple faith in the promise of the unchanging God. Hope, kindled by a divine promise, affects the entire life of a man in his inmost thought, ways, and feelings. It may seem to be of less importance than correct moral deportment, but, in truth, it is a vital moment not only in itself, but in that which it produces upon the mind, heart, and life. The secret hope of a man is a truer test of his condition before God than the acts of any one day, or even the public devotions of a year. Isaac pursues his quiet holy way till he grows old and blind, and gently falls asleep, trusting in his God, who had revealed himself to him, and had called him to be his friend, and said, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and bless thee, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. As a man's hopes are, such is he, If his hope is in the promise of God, it is it It must be well with him. Reader, what are your hopes? Why, says one, I am waiting till a relative dies, and then I will be rich. I have great expectations. Another hopes in his steadily growing trade, and a third expects much from a promising speculation hopes which can be realized in a dying world are mere mockeries hopes which have no outlook beyond the grave are dim windows for a soul to look through happy he who believes the promise and feels assured of its fulfillment to himself in due time and leaves all else in the hands of infinite wisdom and love such hope will endure trials conquer temptations and enjoy heaven below when christ died on the cross our hopes began when he rose they were confirmed when he went up on high they began to be fulfilled when he comes a second time they will be realized. In this world we shall have pilgrims' fare, and a table spread in the presence of our enemies, and in the world to come we shall possess the land which floweth with milk and honey, a land of peace and joy, where the sun shall no more go down, neither shall the moon withdraw herself. Till then, we hope, and our hope layeth hold upon the promise. End of section 4 Recording by Simon